Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I'm in Studio A with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey. That's right. The early bird gets the word. Gets the word. I see what you did there. <laughs> it's just a worm. Because it's Monday. You do a word. It is. We are recording on it's Monday. Monday. It's actually Yom Teruah. Today is Yom Teruah. What a Teruah. holy day. The seventh month and the first day. First day, yeah. Yeah. The seventh month and the first day. Yom Teruah, which means uh, the day of blowing or the day of shouting. It's basically the day that we make loud noises in praise to God. Amen. That's right. Yeah. And uh, shofar. This is where you get to toot your own horn. Shofar, show good. <laughs> See what I did there with the shofar and the show good? No? Yeah. It's okay. You don't have to laugh at my jokes. All right. Let's, uh, let's do it. All right. So we are studying the Torah portion today via Kel, via, sorry, via Lech. <laughs> and it means, and he went. And that is Deuteronomy chapter 31. Verses 1 through 30. That's right. One chapter. Vayalek. That's very good. We're, we're officially actually going to be in the days of all. We are in the as, days of as, all. Yeah. Today. As, it's the first day of all. Even as the sun goes down, the first day is even uh, considered the, day, the days of all. Yom Teru is part of the 10 days of all. So um, we're going to look at this uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 1 through 7. We have Joshua appointed the new leader. And uh, some other things going on as well. Ryan's going to read verses 1 through 7. Let's, let's open up this chapter. All right. It says, And Moses went and spake these words unto all Israel. And he said unto them, I am a hundred and twenty years old this day. I can no more go out and come in. Also the Lord hath said unto me, Thou shalt not go over this Jordan. The Lord thy God, he will go over before thee, and he will destroy these nations from before thee, and thou shalt possess them. And Joshua, he shall go over before thee as the Lord hath said, and the Lord shall do unto them as he did to Sihon and to Og, kings of the Amorites, and unto the, and, and unto the land of them whom he destroyed. And the Lord shall give them up before your face, that ye may do unto them according unto all the commandments which I have commanded you. Be strong and of good courage, fear not, nor be afraid of them, for the Lord thy God he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee nor forsake thee. And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him, In the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage, for thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord hath sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. Wow, that's awesome. So right out of the gate here we have... Uh... Moses in Deuteronomy 31, verse 2, he's 120 years old. 120 years he's old. He's 120 years old. And a spring chicken. The question is, how old was Moses when he made Joshua the new leader of the people? He was 120. Uh, Joshua's the new leader of the people. This is by no accident, brothers and sisters. This is not by accident. You know, he's from the tribe of Ephraim, Joshua. And Moses is from the tribe of Levi. Uh, you know, it's kind of interesting, you know, we uh, we sit around on our blessed assurance, we're wondering about this and that, is Judah going to come get us, and who's going to take us to the land? Let me tell you something, Ephraim is going to take you to the land, 
Okay, if Prime is going to have a grassroots movement, they're going to get their act together, be responsible and mature, and things are going to start happening. Doors are going to start to op open, you know. And uh, once again, we have Joshua now. Uh, Joshua comes into the picture. We find him in Exodus chapter 17, verses 8 through 16, the first battle with Amalek that Joshua led. Once again, Joshua is a picture of all of us that are coming out of the nations that are not Jewish. Think about this, everyone. Joshua was, of course, in Egypt. He came out of Egypt. Just like us, we came out of the world. I came out of Egypt. Egypt. Uh, of course, Joshua, uh, he was in the, uh, actually, he was uh, in the wilderness for 40 years. So once again, that's a picture of us. We we wander, we did things. We're, we're working with God here. We're trying to get to, to our destination. But last but not least, Joshua goes into the promised land. It's a picture of all of us arriving at the great inheritance that the Father has for us personally, which is incredible. Also, we have uh, an incredible story about Joshua in Exodus 32. This is the golden calf incident, this story. But as Moses is going up uh, Mount Sinai, going up the mountain to receive the commandments and everything, uh, Joshua is at the bottom of Mount Sinai waiting for Moses. And in Exodus 32, 17, let's see what it says here in regards to that. Exodus 32, 17. This is what it says. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said unto Moses, there is a noise of war in the camp. He didn't know what was going on in the camp because he was waiting for Moses to come back. Down. That's right. What a good disciple. What a good servant. I mean, think about this guy. He's waiting at the bottom of the mountain like he's supposed to for Moses to come back down. He doesn't even know what's going on in the yeah, camp. Yeah, he wasn't he's even not, caught up in the foolishness. He wasn't even an accessory. Yeah. Or he didn't even drive the getaway car. He was no part of that golden calf incident, which is really, really cool. Joshua, uh, also, there's another reference. I don't have it with me, but you could find him in the tabernacle all the time. He never left the tabernacle. He loved church. He loved the tabernacle. Is that you? Do you love the church? So uh, Joshua's a, a really interesting character, you know, and so we, of course, see this. Um, he isn't, you know, uh, uh, it's, it's funny, I think on my notes here, I don't have verse 8, but verse 8 is a great verse, and I just want to read it real quick. It, it comes after, you guessed it, verse 7. Um, <laughs> and it says here, it says, it says, And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee, he will be with thee, he will not fail thee, neither forsake thee, fear not, neither be dismayed. And so you got to imagine that anytime there's a transition of leadership, there's a change in government, there's a change in policy, people don't like change. And so Moses has obviously gotten old, but everybody is used to Moses. You ever heard the phrase, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know? I mean, no devil is probably the best option in all that, but, but the phrase just means that what you're used to is better than what you're not used to, right? If you had to think of, hey, if all things are even, I would rather go with what I know than what I don't know. And so here we have their transitioning over to to Joshua, and the comfort that's being given to the people is that the Lord goes before them, that he will not fail them nor forsake them, and that he'll be with them, and that they should not be dismayed. So I thought that was pretty cool, that the Lord... Yeah, I mean, everything's changing. The leadership, geographically speaking, oh, yeah. you know, think about for all of us, how much has changed in our life yeah. since we first believed or became born again. So what an exciting story. Uh, another topic here is Deuteronomy 31, verse 10. It says this, And Moses commanded them, saying, At the end of every seven years, in the solemnity of the year of release, in the Feast of Tabernacles, um, when all Israel has come to appear before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose, thou shalt read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Uh, this is kind of the Shemitah year, you know, uh, the year of release, the seventh year it goes into the, then the Shemitah year. And at the time of Tabernacles, you are to read this law 
Uh, do you believe we have this in the book of Nehemiah? They read the book of the law for tabernacles. Uh, very interesting. Uh, and there's even a podium mentioned in the King James Version of the Bible. There was a podium. Like a bema? Yeah, a bema. So, so once again, uh, you are to read this book. Of course, they did it. they're supposed to do it for tabernacles anyway. And oh, by the way, the Feast of Tabernacles, you're supposed to read Ecclesiastes, which is very interesting. You know, it just occurred to me, you know, I've heard many times people bring up the Bema Seat Judgment of Christ, where it talks about, um, you know, how everyone will go before the Lord, and that He will call to mind, you know, their works. And right, that, some that, will get burned up, right? and some will make it, yeah. And they all get set on fire, and whatever is made of, you know, wood, hay, and stubble will get burned up. And it just so happens that this is called the Bema Seat Judgment, and what sits on the Bema, but the Torah, the Torah sits on the Bema, so... I just thought that's interesting. People you can know, kind of do it mean, that what they true. want with that. It's true. You know, the Torah teachers bring the judgment, you know. And the thing is, you know, uh, what I love about, you know, um, Abraham and God's relationship, it's kind of like Moses and God, because, um, you know, Abraham was a friend to God. God was a friend to Abraham. But with Moses, it's very interesting. Because now we're going to go into some interesting, uh, some interesting things here. In Deuteronomy 31, verse 16, um, the question is, did the Lord say to Moses that the people would go whoring after his death? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hey, Moses, got some good news for you. You're about to die. And... But here's the thing, though. But he lets Moses in on this. Because you know what? Maybe he's thinking, you know, I'm not so good a leader. Ooh. And you know what? I don't get to go into the promised land. And I, and I blew it a few times or whatever. And so much but so he that did better people than me. Are... But no, because here's the thing, though, Ryan. Did the Lord tell Moses that after his death, <coughs> the people would break the covenant? Oh, uh, yeah. Yes. Yep. And of course, it says uh, this in Deuteronomy 31, 17. Um, it actually says right here, Then my anger shall be kindled against them in that day, and I will forsake them, and I will hide my face from them, and they shall be devoured, and many evils and trouble shall befall them, so that they will say in that day, Are not these evils come upon us, because our God is not among us? These evils and troubles. So he's letting Moses know, Listen, Moses, you're a great leader. You did good, okay? Yeah. But don't worry, because you know what? It's not your fault. Mm. You know, it's kind of like here at Bait to Hilo. <laughs> I saying. knew you were going there. You I knew that's to. where this was you headed. To, you have to. This was you know headed what? in the, I'm not you know responsible what? for your bad behavior. <laughs> and I think that's even scriptural. Can't we back this up, Ryan? But anyway, I thought this was interesting as well, too. Uh, I, I saw this on, on Facebook, and I thought, this is a very... Uh, interesting observation. So what you're saying is that remember the when it's it's a quote from Remember the Titans. Attitude reflects leadership, right? It could be. And you're just saying that's from Remember the Titans, not the Bible. No, but here's the thing. No, <laughs> check this out. Listen, listen to this little 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 phrase here. Judas had the best pastor, the best leader, the best advisor, the best counselor. Yet he failed. The problem is not the leadership or the church you go to. If your attitude or character doesn't change or your heart doesn't transform, you will always be the same. And Ryan, that's what I'm seeing today in the earth is that basically what's happening is we have, of course, uh, these ideas and ideology and we know things and we're even at the right place at the right time, but it's our heart. He wants our heart. And so as you look at this, then he can say, okay, now you're ready for the land. Now you're ready for another opportunity. So I have some thoughts on that. I mean, it's just something to think about. It is something to think it's about. It's an so, observation. So think about Judas, right? He was one of 12. So that's pretty good odds. If, if only Listen, one of 12 you know goes astray. And Jesus was very upset over he that was. one. He says, you know what? I only lost one. He was like, I he was pitching not, a... He didn't want to do that. He was like, I was pitching a perfect game. He didn't want to lose one. Until you did that. What about you have the 99 and you go after the one? Yeah. So what I'm saying is that the times we're living in everyone, I, I want you to take the book Hosea. 
make a copy. Just go on Bible Gateway, crosswalk.com, whatever you want to do. Just print it out, King James Version, just print it out. Yeah. The whole book of Hosea. Oh, man. Now take a little red highlighter and just start going over all the sins and the faults that God, of course, you know, judged them for. And I'm telling you, Ryan, we're still doing the same thing. Oh, yeah, thing. absolutely. No I'm doubt, just saying. Without a doubt. Now, I won't get into it all, right. but it's like, it's un- it's unbelievable. You know, like one of the punishments is wandering. Well, people still wander. Yeah. They're worse. You know, they call it the wandering Jew. A plant is called a wandering Jew. It's all, it's a wandering Jew. It's a plant. Listen, Ephraim wanders way more than Judah does. Oh, absolutely. You, you know, know it's funny. I mean? You see that uh, I've seen on the back of Jeeps sometimes. They have that, uh, that uh, spare tire cover, and it says, not all who wander are lost. And I'm like, yeah, just keep telling yourself that. You know what I mean? You're looking just for something. Just keep telling yourself that. You know, and what, what's happening is we're developing something here that, that we're going to get into later. But uh, as we, we switch gears, you know, um, basically um, Moses was supposed to teach them a song. Uh, in 31.19 it says, Now therefore write ye this song for you and teach it the children of Israel. Put it in their mouths that this song may be a witness for me against the children of Israel. Israel. Now it's interesting because they sing the song of the Lamb and the song of Moses, Revelation. I don't have the address. We're going to develop this even more. I believe this is prophetic. And next week you're going to sing it, right? Well, I don't know about singing it, but we're definitely <laughs> poem. Yeah. It's a poem. It's a song. And so he's building up to it because it's going to be an actually, it's going to be an Exodus, or not Exodus, but it's in Deuteronomy chapter 32, Moses' song. And we're going to develop that ne- next week. So it's it's incredible. Uh, in, in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 21, it says, And it shall come to pass, when many evils and troubles are befallen them, that this song shall testify against them as a witness. For it shall not be forgotten out of the mouths of their seed, for I know their imagination, which they go about even now, before I have brought them into the land which I swear. You know, it's interesting. Even the Jews talk about the Holocaust in a way that it was, it was brought on for their disobedience, that it happened, it took place, you know, and, and I'm like, these are what the Jews are saying, you know, it's a horrific thing, it's a terrible thing, uh, and there are Holocaust deniers, but the bottom line is that there was a terrible, terrible Holocaust, you know, uh, and, and we know that there was, uh, you know, uh, we talk about beauty for ashes, well, they were incinerated, they were, you know, put into ovens and stuff, you know, it's horrible, horrible things, but what I'm saying, Ryan, is that God's word is so true, you know, when we know to do right, know to do good, we need to do it, you know, we don't want to have these things, you know, and it says, for I know their imagination. Uh, Paul states in the New Testament to cast down vain imaginations. Like you think, well, someone's not here for a certain reason. or You think that person doesn't like me. And you have these vain imaginations. You're supposed to cast them down. Now, you're supposed to take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ, but like vain imaginations need to be cast down. Agreed. So any, any thoughts on that? Um. I mean, I 100% agree Cause with you. Because I know, we, like I said, we, we, we're going to talk about the song later in 32. Yeah, yeah, no, next week we'll but, do uh, the song. But it, it's something to think about. I believe it's prophetic. I can't wait to get into it, right? Because I haven't, I haven't read it yet. Well, it, it's a teaching tool, right? So you know how, like our, my kids right now are learning the states for that song, Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, you know what I mean? Song with all 50 states in alphabetical order. So they learn the, the all 50 states by singing a song and you know i can't get my kids to remember to take out the trash but they can recite to you all 50 states in alphabetical order all of a sudden because of some song right Right. and so that's the idea here with the song of moses is that he's going to teach them the song so that it makes it to the next generation and the next generation the next generation they set it to music and then now this will be a witness against them see 
you knew you were held accountable to what you knew because you knew the song of Moses, right? The right. song of Moses is going to carry through the generations. And even if you forget the Torah, even if the Torah is hidden away in a jar or in you know, the scribe's office and nobody touches it, you're still going to have the song of Moses and you'll be accountable to the, God, to the law that Moses gave at Horeb yeah. forever. You, you know, Ryan, all God wants is a people for his namesake. Set you apart. Know, I, I don't right. have to debate people about my faith. I don't have to debate people how I express my faith. I'll share my faith, but I don't have to debate people or convert people or win people over. But God wants a people for His name. I'm glad you've been released from that. I still want to take on the fight. You well, know? I mean, it, it's it's fun. Don't get me wrong. Well, sometimes it, it, it's good, but it's like anything. You know, it's like my children. I I taught them the right way. I did the best I could. Now it's up to them to want to express their faith the way they want to. Yeah, absolutely. But but that's just something that we got to think about. So as we move along here, this is some incredible uh, subjects that we're covering here. You know, Joshua becomes the new leader. He's Ephraim. He represents Ephraim. And of course, uh, Moses represents Levi. Uh, he's 120 years old. Uh, actually, God tells Moses, hey, these people are going to be disobedient to me. They're going to get in trouble even after your death. So, yo, you're a good leader. Things happen, you know. Uh, and of course, he goes about, you know, many evils and troubles are going to befall them. Now we're going to get into um, Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 26. It says, Take this book of the law and put it in the side of the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, that it may be there for a witness against thee. You know, Ryan, there was three things put into the ark. There was the manna, Aaron's rod, and the Torah. Mm-hmm. You know, now it's interesting that the only thing that was kind of left in the ark that we know of was just the testimony or, or the or the commandments itself, the tablets. Right. You know, no mention of the, of the rod or the, or the manna. But but it's interesting that those three things show me something, Ryan. Check this out. Those th- three things symbolize something. It shows the commandments of God. It shows leadership and provision because of the manna. So you got to think about it. If you don't have leadership... You can't have provision. Yeah. You know, you might even have, you know, the commandments, but I'm saying that someone has to lead. Someone has to teach. Someone has to do this. So think about it, everybody. Those three things in the ark symbolize are symbolic of, you know, the commandments, the, the constitution, which is the Torah, good leadership. You know, it even says, I'll raise up pastors after my own heart. Uh, I do believe in Jeremiah talks about this, uh, which is good news for the clergy, for the church anyway. And then, of course, the manna, which means provision, that God will provide. And maybe God, God provides commandments and he provides leadership. So that's what the manna can represent, even, even in the sustenance that we Well, he we provided need. a system for leadership, right. at least. So, so the cool thing is, you know, the book of the law was placed in the side of the ark. Now, the, the, we can find this furniture, the tabernacle furniture, or temple furniture. We can find these pieces... Actually, in the book of Revelation eleven nineteen, check this out. Can we find the ark? Can we find the testament? Check this out. Revelation eleven nineteen, and the temple of God was opened in heaven, and there was seen in His temple the ark of His testament, and there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail. Wow, the ark of His testament. So there's the ark. There's the commandments, just like in Exodus nineteen. And this a is meteorological... in heaven. This is in heaven. Yeah, this is wow. in heaven. Now, that's Revelation eleven nineteen. If we just go over just a few more chapters to Revelation 15, 5, it says, And after that I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. I mean, there it is right there, you know. And, and I'm telling you, the Ark of the Covenant is incredible, you know. And whether they find it or not is irregardless. But, you know, it is interesting. Um 
And he ties it all in. Here we go. If you want to read Deuteronomy 31.29, Ryan, he's tying it all in. He's giving this warning before he gives this song. And uh, check it out. And he does. He says, For I know that after my death ye will utterly corrupt yourselves and turn aside from the way which I have commanded you. And evil will befall you in the latter days, because ye will do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger through the work of your hands. Wow. Man, that's We could elaborate on this. We're going to save a lot of this information for the for the song of Moses. Yeah. But this this term, latter days. So Israel has to be in the latter days. So let me just make this statement, Ryan. And I made this statement time and time again. I don't believe from the scriptures that all of Israel is nothing but a bunch of Jews. I believe the Jews are part of Israel. But what I'm saying, it, it can't be just Jews. But it's not just Jews. Here's the whole house of Israel. For sure. They're all Jewish. No. No. I believe there's non-Jews in the house of Israel. For sure. The ratio is 10 to 2, by the way. And we talk about the 10 lost tribes, but they're not lost. That's not a belief. God that, knows where That's a at. scriptural fact, right. right? That just is what so, it is. So the thing about it, though, Ryan, is this, though. You know, we have a lot of American Jews that don't know to go back to the land. They're, they're happy where they're at, and, 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 and the Israeli Jews are trying to get them back to make Aliyah. I back. wish they could, like, trade in their, their golden ticket. Like, but maybe check this out. We could get it. This is where it gets to be very interesting. So I want to share a few references after, you know, over 20 years on the Torah myself. I, I want to read to you Genesis 49, one, in, dealing with the latter days. Now, this is a particular chapter. Jacob gives a blessing to all of his sons. And this is what he starts out with. He says this in, in, in Genesis 49. And Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. What? Let me tell you what's going to befall you in the last days. Now, we're in Deuteronomy chapter 31. But if we go back to Deuteronomy 4.36, Deuteronomy 4.36, let's see here. I hope it's 4.36. Maybe it's not. I don't know if I, I don't think I got that one right. But anyway, um, I wrote down Deuteronomy 4.36. Oh, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy 4.30. Yeah, was, yeah. It, the zero, your, your little like a zero six, looks yeah. a little funky. I was, there. I was getting some inspiration during prayer today. Praise God. Try to pray and look up something. Here we go. Deuteronomy chapter four, verse thirty. When thou art in tribulation, and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days, if thou turn to the Lord thy God, and shall be obedient to His voice. For the Lord thy God is a merciful God. He will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers, which he swear unto them. Wow. Turn to the Lord. Shub, Teshuvah, Teshuvah. So once again, Deuteronomy 4.30, the latter days. Now that's uh, some good references there. One more, Jeremiah 23.20. Jeremiah 23.20. So that's why we're coming out of the nations. That's why we're, we're made aware. It's happening, everybody. Jeremiah 23.20. The anger of the Lord shall not in the days. You shall consider it perfectly. Perfectly in the latter days. Once again, the anger of the Lord shall not return until he have executed, until he have performed the thoughts of his heart. In the latter days, you shall consider it perfectly in the latter days. You know, I think even in James, 
uh, there's a little interesting reference here um, that I think you'll enjoy. I mean, I've enjoyed all of them so far. Here, here we go. How about James chapter 1 and verse 1? I love this. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. Wow. So think about it. God knows where the tribes are. They're not lost. You know, uh, last Thursday, CBS premiered a, a show, and the title of the show was called Evil. Once again, what did Moses say would befall the people in the latter days because of their disobedience? Evil. Evil. It's a new show on CBS, debuted September 26, 2019. I mean, there you have it, you know. And, and, and it's so interesting, you know, as, as we think about these things. Any thoughts on that, Ryan? Um, just in the latter days, whenever I think uh, about you know, a lot of these things all tie together, and we we think about the relevance of Torah and the relevance of prophecy, and I think that it's it's easy for somebody who to not even think about it and, and consider how all of these things are relevant as prophecies, but maybe maybe the the Torah is not relevant for them today. But um, I, I found this verse interesting um, because this kind of deals with. If anything changes with the new covenant, then then this is kind of what changes. And I'm going to read some verses to you. This is from Jeremiah 31, uh, starting in verse 29. It says, In those days, interesting, in those days, they shall say no more, the fathers have eaten a sour grape, and the children's teeth are set on edge. But everyone shall die for his own iniquity. Every man that eateth the sour grape, his teeth shall be set on edge. And so it's an interesting thought here. This comes right before, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, and about uh, writing Torah on minds and hearts. But, but this goes right along with kind of what we were discussing about Judas having the best teacher and everything, that, that, that it, rather than there being a corporate punishment and that everybody having this, um, you know, this corporate uh, dealing with God, that people will be responsible for their own iniquities. And so this is the prophecy of the individual salvation. You guys may have talked when, or listened to us when we talk about Passover, how there's the four Passovers. And that the last Passover is the kingdom Passover, but the one right before that, number three, is the personal Passover. And the personal Passover is where we receive individual salvation through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so here, it's showing that it's not about the pastor, it's not about the leadership, it's not about, you know, who you, who you listen to or don't listen to, that you're responsible for reading the Word for yourself, for listening to the Holy Spirit for yourself. It does not mean that you can't use references or, or get help from people, and it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be commu in community. You absolutely should be in community. However, you are responsible for making decisions for yourself, and it says it right here, that, but everyone shall die for his own iniquity. Every man that eateth a sour grape, his teeth shall be set on edge, rather than his children, and so forth. And so what that means is that the generational curses can be broken off, and then the good news comes right after that, that he's going to make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that he made with their fathers, that they, uh, they took them by the hand and bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord that he's going to make that new covenant with us, and that he's making that new covenant, and that new covenant is ratified by the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, um, in closing here, when we have our little groups, uh, we have this at the very bottom of the outline. What two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion? Vayelech, and he went. Once again, this is Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 1 through 30, from a consensus of the group. So here's what I have. Number one, 
Change of leadership can be good or bad. Ooh, yeah. Change in general. Well, it's good in this particular portion because it goes from Moses to Joshua. That's right. Just remember, God wants you to be responsible and mature as an Ephraimite. He wants you to be mature and responsible and to have a mutual respect for the Jewish people and for Judaism. So number one, change of leadership can be good or bad, but it's a, it's a very important uh, number one. Number two, I love this, the Mosaic Covenant has been broken before, but it is being renewed and restored today for an opportunity. Wow, yeah, that's good. That's good. For an opportunity. I like that. I have one. Got? And my one point was that individual problems are the responsibility of each individual person. So in other words, when we can look at a case just like the 12 disciples, and we see that one out of 12 decided to to go rogue, that's obviously not a reflection on the leadership of Jesus Christ, right? But if it can happen to him, it can happen to anybody, right? But systematic problems are the responsibility of leadership. And so when the problem is pervasive and the problem is an issue throughout the congregation, it is usually because there is a problem with culture and with leadership as a whole. And so, yeah, I um, mean, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. Yep. You know, I want to give a shout out to Casey Anderson on this podcast. Woo-hoo, Casey Anderson. She's in the Daughters of Zion program with Hi Yovel. She's up on Harbrakha at their camp there and she's, she's working it and doing it and she's in the middle of the harvest and everything. But she sent me a, um, a group chat and uh, I'm part of the group chat. And so yesterday it basically said that on Sunday was Jerusalem Day. And so she was able to go into the city and go through the gates. So, so, so yeah. So just for so, right, because last week we read uh, Isaiah chapter 52, no, thir- 50, 62, sorry, 62, 61, yeah, yeah. 62, 63. And it yeah. says, go through the gates, go, go through the gates. And what did she do this week? Well, I want to read it. Oh, I, I want to <laughs> share this me. again. It's just so incredible, do everybody. It. The vineyards are really hopping over there with High Yovel. The vineyards are, are going, the, the wine's being made. But I want to read to you uh, the half tour for Nitzavim, which we're still in until Friday night, by the way, in, in Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 10 through chapter 30, verse 20. It's actually Isaiah 61, verse 10 through 63 and verse 9. And it, it really tells an incredible story. Basically, it says this in Isaiah 62, 8. The Lord hath sworn by his right hand and by the arm of his strength, Surely I will no more give thy corn to be meat for thine enemies, and the sons of the stranger shall not drink thy wine for the which thou hast labored. So Hayevels planted the vineyards, they harvest the vineyard, and they make wine. But, which is in conjunction, verse 9, But they that have gathered it shall eat it, and praise the Lord, and they that have brought it together shall drink it in the courts of my holiness. Wow, the very ones that plant these vineyards are going to drink it. But look at this, verse 10. Go through, go through the gates, prepare you the way of the people, cast up, cast up the highway, gather out the stones, lift up a standard for the people. Set the precedent, set the example. So Casey's 19 years old, a young girl from our congregation with a bright future, and she's got another month and a half to go. She'll be back in November. It's a a three-month Daughters of Zion program, but a shout-out to the Anderson family, to Casey, because she is obedient, she's a worshiper, she can play the guitar, she can sing for the Lord, and she's incredible. So uh, once again, what an incredible time we're living in, everyone. And you need to know these things. You need to know these things. You know, uh, It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity. So I, I, I don't have anything else to say other than that, because it's just so incredible. Yeah, that is awesome. Wow, guys, what an awesome tour portion this is. The uh, Violek, it means, and he went, and where did he go? He went away. Right. This is the Moses uh, 
parting words as we get up uh, all the way through chapter 34 and we end the book of Deuteronomy and ending the Torah portions for the year. Um, just as a reminder, we are still in Teshuvah. We started the 10 Days of Awe. Uh, we have our mikvahs coming up this week on Wednesday and Thursday, the 2nd and the 3rd. And so if you haven't gotten signed up, please call the office uh, tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, uh, through, I guess, those two days, right? I mean, tomorrow's the 1st. That'll be the last day to sign up, right? Yeah, I mean, they can call the office Wednesday and Thursday. Okay, yeah. and just yeah, get we'll, you... we'll get you in there. We got the schedule. We're yeah, going to get the... you in there. And, and shout out to the Bowmans, uh, Will and Vanessa Bowman for opening up their home and allowing us to use uh, their pool uh, for the mikvahs. Um, it's a very holy time, a very enjoyable time, and I, I encourage anybody that hasn't done a mikvah or has questions about a mikvah to come and do one. Uh, as you guys um, you know, look it up and you wonder about it, uh, mikvah is not baptism. Baptism is a one-time occurrence, uh, but the mikvah is a ceremonial cleansing and so uh, just to give you an idea, priests would do a mikvah prior to going on duty. The high priest especially would go a mikvah on Yom Kippur. Um, the, uh, uh, the kings that would be coronated, they would do a mikvah prior to their coronation. And so it's just a thing that you know, people would do um, prior to getting anything, uh, doing any, any important events or anything like that. So I encourage you guys to come and do our mikvah. Uh, on the second or the third, like I said, at the Bowman's, we can get you directions. Uh, if you need anything, you can email me at ryan at twopraise.net, ryan at twopraise.net. You can call the office at 813-654-2222. Uh, you can live stream our services at twopraise.net or any of our social media platforms. And we just want to say we love you. God bless you. Have a great week. Okay.